Welcome to Tech Talks, the technology podcast publishing on Mondays and Thursdays. We tackle the issues facing our sector through the ideas and stories of industry founders, leaders, and tech enthusiasts. Today's show is a little bit unusual. I'm on my own and I'm recording live from the floor at Web Summit 2019. I'm currently sat on the Britain is Great stand, about three or four steps off the main floor in Pavilion 5 here in Lisbon. I am going to be joined by Katie Mills, the head of UK and Ireland innovation for Schneider, uh, hopefully to just give you a flavour of what's going on, what she's been up to. She's been in the investor lounge all day. And of course, we're bringing you an interview, as we always do. And that is with Karma, someone who I actually met at VivaTech, one of the other big shows of this kind earlier on this year, and who catered for an event that I ran recently superbly. Um, They are an absolutely fantastic business, on point right now with sustainability and the environment, well worth listening to. So enjoy this, and then afterwards, hopefully, myself and Katie will be telling you a little bit about what's going on here in Lisbon and find out what she's been up to today. So today we are talking to Yalmar from Karma. I notice it's Karmalicious Limited. Is that just the trading name and the company, the comp- the company name rather is Karma? Yeah, exactly. So cool. we, we call ourselves Karma. And uh, Karmalicious is more because there's I think there's so many companies that are registered Karma. Right. Plus something. Karma Yoga, Karma yeah. Fitness, whatever. So we're Karmalicious Limited. But you are Karma and karma. you are tackling the problem of food wastage. Yes. Before we get on to how, what's your role in the company? Uh, I'm one of the four co-founders yep. of the company and I am the CEO. How, how is that? Is it your first role as a CEO? Or? Um, it's my second and a half time right. as a CEO. <laughs> so the first one was, was barely a company. It was more of a, a project with friends, but where I ended up having the, the leading role. So I wouldn't say that I was CEO. Um, and the second company I was the CEO and that company still exists today but I chose to move on from it I'm still involved as a shareholder but that's about the involvement right Um, but yeah it's it's been an exciting journey this is a a CEO position that I haven't held before just in terms of scale and and, uh, the day to day well let's let's talk about what Karma is and what it does and I'm sitting here with the app open in front of me Let's have you explain how it works yeah. and then we can get into it from there. Absolutely. So uh, it's a very simple concept. It's uh, an app where restaurants and grocery stores, cafes, bakeries, you name it, they upload their surplus food, mm-hmm. um, food that would go to waste uh, if they didn't upload it. You as a consumer can then go into the app, you see everything that's available and you can purchase it directly in the app. It's reserved in your name. You go and pick it up on location. Yes. And what kind of sign-up have you had? Because I think when you open the app, it talks about the number of meals saved. Mm, exactly. Um, I'm uh, looking at the specific <laughs> UK numbers right now. But we've saved uh, over 550 tons of food yeah. so far. And uh, we've rescued over a million meals in Sweden alone. And the other countries are very quickly picking up speed yeah. there. So I think Sweden is going to be dwarfed. Look, I mean, I mean, just being very candid, I've, I've, I've worked in London for 12 years. I've worked in the city for seven years. Lunch is expensive. I, I'm useless at organising myself, so I don't, I don't cook lunch and bring, it, bring in leftovers. Mm-hmm. I do go out and buy lunch um, habitually. But you, you go onto the app and it's got, it's got within 
I don't know, three minute walks of the same kind of time that I would normally spend walking to any number of eateries. A load of different options. The first thing that's come up here is um, lasagna bolognese. It was eight pounds, it's now four pounds. Hmm. And that would go in the bin if someone didn't go and pick it up, right? Exactly. So the whole idea is that most of these items are on their last day of best before yeah so it's food that's still good it's probably f- better than whatever you would cook at home put yeah, in yeah. the refrigerator and bring to work uh, not that i don't believe in your cooking that's probably excellent but uh, <laughs> more in the fact that this is usually freshly made stuff like we we have a society today that demands fresh food um, and that results in in a massive amount of food waste like one mm-hmm. third of all food that's produced is wasted in the world and that's like the global average and the more industrialized the country is today, the more food they waste. So in the US, studies are showing like 40 to 50% of everything produced is wasted, for instance. Mm. So I think there, this is a growing problem that we need to take care of because we're not going to suddenly say like, let's go back to you know canned food. We're fine with that now. Um, so given that we want to keep eating fresh, we also need to find a way to take care of whatever won't survive until tomorrow. Yeah. And that's basically what's on karma. So, and, and how does it work from a business point of view for, for you? Uh, so we only do a success fee. Uh, right. This works so well. So we say like it's free for everyone to get on the app, restaurants and stores and everything. We'll even help get you on there. Mm. It takes 10 minutes to get up and running from never having heard of it to being and having an actual sale on the app. Right. Um, from there, like if, if we don't help you resell anything, then we're so sorry uh, and uh, we won't charge you anything. Like mm. that's our loss in terms of uh, time invested yeah um for you like you still get the profile in the app a lot of people can follow you uh, which means like over time uh, you will actually one gather a big following most places in karma actually have more followers in here than they have on their social media channels right uh, which was an unexpected result when we started this um but the fun thing with that is that when they post uh, the next time all of those followers will get a push notification that actually tells them like now there's stuff to save here and that results usually in higher and higher sellouts. Yes. Uh, so uh, as they take better care of their food waste, uh, they actually amass a following of people who will regularly come, you know, and the good thing is that it's unpredictable. So some platforms will upload, you know, um, uh, undefined food waste for you. Uh, every day so they will come in and say like oh you should sign up to our platform because it's you, you don't have to do any input we'll upload automatically you know five random meals per day because mm-hmm. that's usually what you waste right um and restaurants will go like oh yeah that sounds great that's fantastic then i don't have to do any input then i might you know just shove whatever's left in a bag and, and give it out at the end of the day mm-hmm. um but the thing with that, with that is, like, one, it doesn't solve food waste. It just shuffles it around in the system. Yes. Uh, yeah. and, and two, uh, that really leads to a repeat behavior. So if I'm a consumer, that's okay with, with getting that. If I know that your restaurant is, is putting out five meals every day, I'll just go on there and buy them. And from a restaurant standpoint, that might seem like a nice thing, but you're not really solving anything. You're just on a discount app at that yeah, point. Of and, uh, and they'll probably end up making more. And, yeah. Exactly, like mm. it, it changes literally nothing. And I think that um, the problem with that is that um, when you then talk to a restaurant like that, they will claim that like, oh, we're already fighting food waste. You'll say like, this is literally 
like saying it's it's fighting food waste in the same way that uh, any discount app would go in and start uh, selling out food and saying like we're fighting food waste. So you're, you're based in Sweden, in the UK and France. Yes. Is the UK your smallest presence at the minute or France? Uh, France is the smallest presence, but um, France has actually grown quite a lot in the last couple of months only. Uh, but we've been in France since March this right. year, so we've been there for six months. Uh, and uh, in the UK, we, we basically tried to launch the UK from Sweden without being here locally in the beginning, which right. was an absolute disaster. Interesting. Uh, in, the, in the sense that, like, you know, we could call a customer and they were like, oh, it's horrible weather today. And we were like, yeah, <laughs> like small things like that where they, they could obviously sense that, like, you're not calling from here. Like, we didn't have yeah. a... Know, our ear to the ground in the market and I think that that showed in all kinds of small ways so how big is your team in Sweden we're almost 50 people in Sweden and in London uh, 15 so you're going through a period of, of growth and scaling mm. what lessons will you take from your experience in Sweden and apply them to London and what do you think you might do differently uh, a lot. We have taken a lot of lessons from Sweden. I think the most important one is how to build company culture. Yeah. Uh, so we've learned so much over the last couple of years in Sweden, both in scaling a team and scaling like the culture with the team and making sure that, I mean, in, a, in the big picture, we're still a very, very small team. Um, so there's going to be so many learnings on, on this journey that we still haven't learned. But the ones that we have learned around building a team and a team culture we brought to London uh, as well with the team here. And I think that that has helped so much. There are so many things that I remember we did in Sweden in the early days that I can see here. And I remember like, oh, wait, this, this, um, you know, this, let's say that there's like conflict between two team members or someone not buying fully into the culture in Sweden. We would early on be like, oh, we can probably solve that down the line. And then you realize like, no, that's something you need to face head on when it happens mm. immediately. And if you don't, that's ultimately going to derail in some way if you don't take that seriously. Yeah. Uh, so just seeing those early signs and being able to act on them in, in here and in the French market has really saved us a lot of headaches and made sure that we could you know, retain a lot of great talent uh, instead of just... Um, you know, waiting for an accident to happen that we didn't really look at. Now, at the beginning, and to mm. circle this background as, as a final point, you began to touch on the idea that there were some organizations who were espousing to be better for the environment than maybe they necessarily are. Mm. And look at organizations like Starbucks who are putting lovely quotes out there about how many cups, you know, they're, they're now saving, etc. And you go, well, yeah, that's great. You started talking that narrative, but it kind of ignores the fact that you haven't really changed in God knows how many years. Is it just organizations like that? Or do you think that the, the green agenda has caused all sorts of different, different organizations at different levels to obscure their messages slightly? Um, um, I actually have to say that uh, from... Uh, I don't have any specific insight into Starbucks, but from what I've seen, they are one of the few chains that are actually interested in long-term change. When we talked about that's them. interesting because I, I have, I to me, it felt slightly inauthentic, and I saw similar stuff online. Hmm. And, and maybe that's true. I, I don't know because I'm guessing you're talking about the plastic agenda. That yeah, 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 um, absolutely. So, so I can I can only describe them from a food waste perspective, mm. and there I think that they actually have a fairly reasonable approach 
uh, we're working with them, not here in the UK yet, but in Sweden. And the Swedish branch, at least, have made it very clear that they want to make sure food waste never happens. Right. In a way that, you know, if I can go to a restaurant, I can do that today, and I can say, like, look, we can sell your food half price off. Like, we'll just get you get you extra revenue and people through the door. Yeah. That's a great pitch. Like, people will say, like, mm, yeah, that's better than throwing it away. I don't think that there's any discussion around that. Yes. Um, but the problem starts to arise when, like, so let's say that we get every restaurant on that. So the only thing we've done is just made sure that people now eat surplus meals instead of regular meals. Mm-hmm. So an almost equal amount will go to waste tomorrow instead, or will have their expiry date tomorrow. So what we've effectively done is just taken a little piece of the market and say like, oh, now we're, we're one of the trading partners in a regular food waste race. So we're not really solving the problem. If everyone mm. ate only food waste, we would still produce as much. And you, you kind of mentioned before we hit record the idea that um, in retail people are selling pasta, but now they're saying it's vegan pasta and effectively mm. it's exactly mm. the same products, mm. but it's just tapping into that trend that they know consumers are now interested in. Yeah, so I think like if you're tapping into a trend, I think I, I like that the way that we're moving towards is... Um, is more of an environmentalist way. I do, and I do think that's a good thing, and that people are starting to put pressure on companies. But I don't like like that. Like, if you don't change anything, I don't think you should, you know, be proud of that. Like, oh, we've done we've done vegan pasta all the time. So if you've said like we're doing pasta, and now you realize like, oh, environmentalism is a, is a thing, veganism is a thing. Let's slap on vegan on this pasta package. I don't think that's a responsible way of communicating that you're a good company. They yes. should instead talk about like, given that we've been doing this for so many years, we've saved actually this much CO2 emissions, or we've actually, in contrast to these who aren't, I don't know if there's a non-vegan pasta. Yeah. Um, probably if you do it with eggs, but you could say like, um, we're different in this way, and yeah. you could point towards what it is, what difference you've made instead. Instead of like fake branding something as if it's something new you're doing, yeah. Um, and I think that goes beyond. So like, if if Starbucks says like we're solving the plastic problem, and then they don't do anything about it, they just say like, uh, then then that would be a problem for me. But if they actually switch out plastics, I mean, you can always say like, yeah, but they're the bad guys in the first place for having plastics, of course. But you have to look at it from a relative standpoint where they were. I understand that they could have done that before, but let's not ignore the fact that uh, the pressure that we put on on any corporation as individuals Mm -hmm. is what's going to drive them to most of their decisions. So if we say like, oh, now we demand you to change your plastic straws, then that's probably going to happen if enough people say it. so I'm not surprised that they haven't proactive. I mean, there are businesses like that. But if you're looking from a profit standpoint, I think most businesses are probably not going to invest in something that isn't on the agenda. Um, so I'm glad it's on the agenda. And I think uh, corporations and companies responding to that agenda shift. Uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing Obviously. if it actually moves the right. needle on the bottom line. So... If someone is interested in Karma, uh, I know it's on the Google Play Store because I have an Android. I'm assuming it's on the App Store, but I should probably check rather than just make assumptions. <laughs> it is. It'd be very odd if it wasn't, of course. But, <laughs> it is uh, indeed. Uh, just very quick, do you, do you know how much on average someone might save if they use Karma over the course of the week? Or uh, Yeah, so we have people saving about £10 a week here in the UK. Yeah. Uh, and that's 
only if you use it twice. Uh, so I so mean, there we go. We have people using it way more than that. Saving money it's a couple minutes. of drinks come a Friday, or <laughs> exactly. I don't know, maybe it goes towards some. I don't have children. Maybe it goes towards something along those lines. Anyway, uh, <laughs> look, I really appreciate your time. Uh, it's been fascinating to talk and it is tackling a, a really fundamentally important problem. And I have a slightly more positive view of Starbucks than I had about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Thank you. I, I hope that I will not regret that. <laughs> Thank you very much. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we are sat on the floor of Web Summit and Katie someone who's been on the podcast a couple of times now, Katie Mills, has come and sat at the Britain is Great stand. And you're flicking through timeouts. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I am paying attention, I promise. It's been is a it, long day. It's been that kind of day, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So you're now at Schneider Electronics. I am. I, yeah, at Schneider Electric, but yes, I'm there. And what do they do? Uh, good question. So um, I uh, head up innovation for the UK and Ireland. Um, and Schneider are a digital transformation energy management company. Um, and what does that mean, I hear you say? I'm very much looking at the um, kind of management of energy from plant to plant. Yep. Um, and, ev and everything within that kind of supply chain and value chain um, across multiple different industries. So a huge, huge organization. We're a Fortune 500 company, yep. um, 185,000 people, I think, globally now. Mm -hmm. um, but all focused around efficiency with energy with regards to sustainability and commitment to decarbonisation. So, I would imagine that this is an interesting place to be for the fact that there are plenty of startups in the Alpha and Beta zones who are in that space. Absolutely. And um, for Schneider UK, actually, it's our first kind of foray into the early stage space. So it's a great um, place to come and get a feel for what's out there, um, what sort of areas Schneider should be looking at from an innovation and working with early stage companies starts. Um, and yeah, and you know, hopefully find some, some good, make some good contacts for some potential pilots, POCs, and also investment because we have a lovely 550 million venture fund in the US yep. that we'd like to get more active in the UK as well. You've not, I know you've not had a chance to really have a look around much. Yeah, I've been stuck in the investor lounge all day. Apart from the fact that the food queues are... Yeah, I got very horrific. hangry about yeah, two o'clock, yeah. 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 It's understandable. It takes about <laughs> an hour to get a burger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, apart from that, anything else struck you that's different this year to previous years? Um, I definitely feel like... And this is probably because it feels busier, that the venue feels a lot smaller. Which is mad, because um, it's huge. Yeah, it's a huge venue, but I, and I suppose that you know shows very much how how big the the, the conference the exhibition has got. Um, one thing I will say that um, where I've been sat actually today, the Planet Tech um, kind of conference has been opposite us, mm. and which is all you know around technology with the, and kind of saving the planet and and, and how we. And, kind of harness technology to do that and that's been way busier this year than I've ever seen it yeah um, you know the, the audience has been packed for every conversation for every talk which is really encouraging to see um, that you know that that climate change that sustainability conversation is now a really core one in the tech space it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. you know just about the, your really cool tech gadgets anymore there's a much bigger picture to technology and the impact that it can have yeah I mean what I've what I noticed and it's along a similar track, I suppose, is that there's a lot more health and well-being and fitness yeah. kind of focus as well that I didn't yeah. see last year. Yeah, no, so absolutely. Anything that's helping the planet, anything that seems to be as well taking the pressure off people, um, 
I mean, obviously, there's the fintechs, everything else that you, you normally see here, but there does seem to be a little bit more. That's... Yeah, and I think that very much shows the kind of world that we live in now, right? We're living in a in a world that's got problems. Yeah, huge problems, that, that, and those problems, you know, resurfacing people. Yeah. We, we're we're having to deal with those problems on a daily basis, whether that's you know at work or at home. There is naturally repercussions to technology, and yeah. I think that's why you're seeing more and more tech companies in this space trying to solve the problems that tech's created actually yeah, 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 yeah. To, um, and to a certain extent and I think that's the kind of health and health and well-being piece which is really really important so what's the plan for tonight are you going to go down Pink Street with your investor badge on it just kind of be <laughs> I'm like I'm taking the investor badge off I tell you right now I've <laughs> never been so popular in my entire life investor and Schneider Electric they're like oh yeah you're going to buy a single drink all night I know it, it, it would be a great great night out wouldn't it um, yeah so we're going to uh do a bit of dinner and then um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm a bit of an early bird. I have a I have a 7:30 a.m. <laughs> breakfast briefing with our CIO tomorrow morning, so I feel like I should be on top form tomorrow morning. So you see, I was uh, out till two o'clock and then I was up at six. Yeah, but I'm not hardcore like you. I I'm can't. 30. I, I I'm can't really do 35. It. Yeah, well, you shouldn't do that then, should you? <laughs> <laughs> I did intend to go for a run this morning. And I didn't. And I have been like, yeah, I'm going to go for a run tonight. And you know that's not going to happen. Well, uh, yeah, I, I will tomorrow morning. Whatever happens, I will tomorrow yeah, morning. Yeah, okay. I, I'll ask you when I see you tomorrow lunchtime if you go. No, no, no. I, I, I'll go stir crazy if I don't. And I brought stuff. So if I, I brought stuff and then you should, don't use then it. You should use it's it. Just yeah. rubbish. No, yeah. So I think so yeah, tonight will just be a. The problem for me is with Pink Street is it's so busy yeah. that it's absolute chaos. It um, is. But that's kind of part of the fun. Yeah, it is, but no, I, I'm not going to go and meet any. I wouldn't have thought proper business connections there. I would say no. Um, well, they don't have to. No, true, true. But you know, got to make the most money. Oh well, I'm quite excited <laughs> because um, Britain is great. Have given me a wristband that gets me a free pint of John Smith's beer. I mean, life has never been that good, oh, right? I missed out on that one. Hell, <laughs> damn it. Right. Anyway, we will also, let people go. Uh, thank you very much for coming and chatting. Always and nice to see you. Thanks. See you soon.